0: What's up everyone, in this episode we talk with an actual fucking professional So we got a professional person to tell you to go to the therapist if you need it Please please go to the therapist if you need it, I don't know Uh, We also talked about culture and therapy We talked about first time therapy goers and what is so scary in therapy We talked about online therapy which is the therapy which everyone is doing right now We talked about insurance coverage and how that works out We talked about the failed healthcare system of America america and we also and we talked about a bunch of other stuff as well it was an awesome episode she's great go follow her on instagram I, uh, her handle is at therapy with millennials follow us on instagram i think like zero youtube is authentic chaos like and subscribe thank you so much for listening let's get right into it
1: Hi Hi, everyone! everyone. This is Pinky. And this is Atrey! Yeah,
0: so we are authentic chaos. (laughs) I'm never gonna sing in my life, too. Uh, We are authentic chaos and we are two women in their 20s and we talk about mental health, our journeys, how to cope up uh, with your bad days and self-care days and jobs, opportunities, hustle life. So basically everything. Yeah, basically everything. But we are... um, We think we are pretty funny. I don't know who agrees. And I don't know who doesn't agree. But bitch, I don't care. So... (laughs) We are pretty funny and that's what we do, that's what kind of like what our thing is. We provide mental health education, we make mental health education accessible and we try to build a community where people are nice and kind and I think you should be too. And we
1: do it with humor like Pinky said before.
0: Yes, we do it with humor. So we are funny and informative. That's all Authentic Chaos is all about. I don't think so I can sum it up within one minute or two minute. But that gives you pretty much gist of it. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for listening. And if you think, if you think we are good enough, even a little bit, and if you think you've learned a little bit or had fun listening to us, please, please, please do give us a review on Apple Podcast or follow us on Instagram at authentic kiosk90 and we also have a website authentickiosk.com. all for you and we are so happy that you're here you could be doing anything in the world right now but you're listening to us and we are super super grateful for that pop
1: off queens and kings yay and anyone Tune in else every Wednesday for a new episode.
0: Yes so Wednesday or Thursday yeah we're kind of in the middle of that at this point
1: we are everywhere <laughs> yes
0: yeah kind of in the middle of that who is listening to us thank you so much hi everyone we are here with what an instagram name for you is therapy with millennials that is freaking cool and I'm trying to not curse because I feel like you're a professional so I shouldn't curse
2: I <laughs> listened to the latest episodes of you guys and I was like oh my gosh they curse I love it I belong here like this is my jam I know like, <laughs> you should see us in
1: daily life oh my <laughs> God, yeah
2: exactly because, like she
1: especially yeah so we are with, yeah
0: so we are with convenient counseling services everyone this is a and she uh, has given us her time and provided us with her
1: presence, <laughs> presence, of <laughs>
0: presence of doing so
2: well. So, Alicia, how are you doing today? Oh, thank you guys so much. I'm good. You know, all things considering, like we talked about, we are, you know, doing well.
0: Yeah, definitely, for sure. So, I'll, I'll start this off with the topic which everyone is dreading today. So, (laughs) so elections, today is elections day and Mm -hmm. this time especially it's been crazy. Like, it's like, it's like the craziest election I've been part of because like I was not around when like crazy things were happening. So Mm -hmm. how
2: is our mental health affected during this crazy times? So I was actually looking into a lot of this yesterday and um, the American Psychiatric Association polls Americans every month for like a um, basically like a how stressed out are we kind of survey. Um, So they were saying that I think it was like 74 or 75% of Americans are extremely anxious due to the election, which is the highest it's ever been, which I think it's like something we all know, but to like see that in a statistic is like, oh, crap, like this really is really adversely affecting people. And I think that, you know, even leading into today, I think the anxiety might have been worse leading into today. And now that we're here, we just hope that everyone is, you know, taking it hour by hour and taking care of themselves and all those good things that we have control over. Yes, of course. So (laughs) my follow-up question
0: to that is what can people do like right now, especially to keep their mental health in check and like i Atre saw this on tiktok and she mm-hmm. was talking about it so she was like especially people of color today they're like mm-hmm. scared they're like terrified of like even doing anything and i saw you are in new york right Yes, yeah, yeah that's yeah that's my favorite place in the whole entire world <laughs> i'm coming as soon as like everything is <laughs> settled down everything settles <laughs> down. but uh yeah so uh, I like again.
1: I only saw this on TikTok. Like <laughs> yeah, so basically they're yeah. like, boarding up all the windows yeah. of um all the you know. Uh, the retail stores, restaurants, Mm -hmm. like they're boarding the windows up so people can't actually throw things and break the windows and stuff. Because no matter which way the election goes, people are afraid that it would lead to a lot of unrest. So Mm -hmm. that's kind of uh, what I saw on TikTok. And we also saw that people, especially people of color, the queer community, all of them are really afraid for their lives. So they're actually Mm -hmm. creating this like, kind of like a pandemic they're going and like finding uh they're buying groceries and they're actually they have the mindset that they're going to be at home for the next month or so until everything kind of calms down so uh, <laughs> just talking about that right so yeah like, so like how what
0: should people do to keep their mental of, health in yeah. check especially
2: today man the day we are recording this <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's so funny. I got lost on, like, that political TikTok train the other night and, like, saw everything boarded up and all of that. I think, like, what – it's so hard because it's hard for somebody to say, like, oh, this is, like, the golden answer of what will keep you safe and will keep your mental health in check and all of these things. I think what – I've been leaning on most with a lot of my patients and especially my patients of color is just having like a safety plan. And I think when we think of a safety plan, it's like if somebody's going to hurt themselves or hurt somebody else, or if they're using alcohol or drugs or things like that. But I mean like a very like physiological safety plan like groceries like you guys were saying like having cash on hand um you know unfortunately from the pandemic and from everything that's ensued this year I think people have kind of a better grasp of what they would need um to be kind of like sheltered in place for a little bit which is like its own problem really that we're at that place where it's like oh I know exactly what I need to be stuck in my home for you know a month at a time um but just kind of like reverting back to that and like having those things in place having social supports having extra phone chargers having the groceries like just having these like key things that we need um you know just in case but also kind of juggling that fine line of like not kind of like perpetuating this fear that that's going to happen because it very well could happen and of course like we hope every day that it's not but also not kind of like living under that fear because I think that that can really drive um our anxiety just you know amok really and like our thoughts really get away from us in that way so that fine line of like let's be prepared but let's also kind of like you know take a deep breath and hope that everything turns out okay and do our part to make sure it turns out okay um and yeah, just see what the next week brings. It's such yeah, a hard day for so for
0: many sure. people. For sure, like the people are like speculating and I saw this like last night <laughs> when I should be sleeping. But uh, <laughs> one of the late night, late night TV hosts, I don't know who, but like everyone was talking about elections, right? Jimmy mm-hmm. Kim, Jimmy Fallon, etc., cetera, et cetera. So uh, one of them actually said that they, uh, like people are speculating riots and stuff and like, mm-hmm. And I have actually never seen that, and I'm like, okay,
1: so there are gonna be riots. Yeah, she didn't actually believe me when I said that the uh, windows were actually being boarded up. I had to literally like show her the TikTok because yeah. it's so insane what the world has come to now. I, don't I know. Okay. Anywho. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so yeah. Going on, yeah, going on a very lighter topic uh, from yeah. the elections to <laughs> boarding right. up and everything.
2: <laughs> <laughs> the apocalypse. <laughs>
0: Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Just that. Um, what is your advice for first-time therapy goers, like people who want to start but are scared or feeling like you know undressed or just scared, basically?
1: Who really want to yeah. go and also like don't want to face kind of like the stigma attached with the stigma received mm-hmm. in courts. Um, so, like, what, like, what would you say to that? Or-
2: yeah. For sure. Um, so, a couple things. So. The first thing is, you know, obviously since COVID, online therapy is kind of like the new thing, um, which is great. And I had always told people, I started online therapy about a year ago, and I always told people, like, this really breaks the stigma of nobody has to see you walking into a building that's marked that says, like, mental health services or, you know, whatever it may be. And that kind of breaks that kind of element of privacy, which people have really appreciated. Like nobody has to know what you're doing in your house for an hour of your time that you're not available via phone. Um, so that's been really nice. And as far as like people, you know, I actually just heard from somebody yesterday that was like, I've been wanting to reach out, but like, it's just, I don't know why it's so hard to like make this first appointment. And I hear that all the time. Like, why is it so hard to just like put my name on your calendar for the first appointment? And you know, it's hard to think about sitting in front of somebody for an hour, a stranger essentially, because they don't know me, you know, sitting down in front of me for the first time. And like, you know, I'm asking questions, like, tell me about your family and like, tell me about like your sleep habits and your eating habits and like all of these, like things that I think we've been conditioned not to talk about like we don't we don't want you know we don't go around sharing our vulnerability so freely with people so to have to sit in front of somebody and do that can be really scary but on the flip side I like to remind people like if nothing else this is your hour of the week to just be you know like you can be present you can with your thoughts and we can sit in silence if that's what you want to do or we can talk about surface level things if that's what you want to do but like they are in charge of that hour and I don't think we get many hours anymore that like we are in charge of like everything is so dictated for us nowadays um so I just try to remind people of that and also kind of just letting people do it at their own time because as much as I'd love to like kind of like not preach this to people, but like share this stuff with people. Like I also want to make sure that they're, you know, entering it at their own time. But don't be afraid to take the leap. And don't be afraid to shop around therapists. I do um like phone consultations and the first thing I say is like, listen, if you don't feel a connection with me, like totally fine. Like let's get you somebody who you do because there's no point in like sitting in front of somebody who you don't really feel that connection with and trying to be like open and vulnerable and like talking about all of these like really difficult things.
0: Hmm. Mm-hmm. Definitely, that's True. great advice. People go see a therapist that will change yes. your life. <laughs> <laughs> yes, how do you think mental health is portrayed in pop culture? So for example, recent example was I saw people talking about ratchet the nurse, whatever, I don't mm-hmm. even know who that was, so but cute. because I've not watched it, so people, like, the, the way it is portrayed on, ment- as, like, mental health, especially in like, relationships, abusive relationships are considered to be cute, abusive, mm-hmm. you know, like, uh, the to- those toxic relationships where the guy is, like, you know, oh, he's so, I don't know, macho, or, like, oh, he's so, I would... Like, he has, like, a dark yeah. past, and, like, he has all of these issues which he has to cover by himself, but he expects a girl to change his life and all that stuff. So what do you have to say about that?
2: <laughs> oh, boy. So I haven't seen Wretched either. It's definitely on the list, but as you're talking, I'm feeling, like, the Christian Grey vibes, and I forget what those movies are yeah. called. Yeah. And I remember when that first movie came out, and I watched it, and I was, like, this guy is, like, essentially, like, mind-fucking this girl, like, this is, like, not, this is not cute, like, uh, as a therapist, my poor husband, when I watch movies like that, I'm, like, that poor girl, like, she has no idea, like, what's happening to her, like, how can people, like, find enjoyment in this, like, and then, you know, you,
1: yeah, day I was just telling Pinky this, I'm sorry to interrupt, no, 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 telling Pinky that um it's been glorified so much because Christian Grey is like, it's been romanticized because yeah. Christian Grey is like a millionaire or a billionaire or whatever but if it yeah. was just like anyone else like a normal person who comes from like a at the beginning or whatever, they, they would be considered like a psychopath, but he's been romanticized because he's like a rich fellow, right? So, I yes, that's the discrepancy we're talking about. But I'm sorry about that.
2: Yes, no, no, you're totally right. I like totally forgot about that piece, but yeah, and when I work with like, um, especially women in their early 20s, um cis women in their early 20s I'm always like you know money doesn't buy happiness and I know that like social media has fed this to you and all these influencers have fed this to you but like please like money does not like fill all of these voids that you're feeling and like it never will and it feels like such a problem solver and it's just not it's just such like a good mask for these like really dark things that could be going on
0: Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah, that's a really good point that is also a really good point. Social mm-hmm. media, everything is fake on social media. Everyone. Yeah, exactly. That is the new reality. Everything is fake. Okay. <laughs> we yeah, we're attacking. not fake.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we put a disclaimer out there. Everyone's <laughs> fake, for us. but. Exactly.
0: like the thing. Yeah, but the thing is that like you cannot be a complete true self on camera. Like as soon as you open like the camera, or, like any as soon as you put that thought in your head, like someone is watching you or someone is listening to you you are gonna put some kind of filters on you because like Mm -hmm. i don't think so we even know the real us to be the real us in front of all of us oh Mm -hmm. okay that was a good one
2: (laughs) we're getting deep now
0: yeah i told
1: you
0: (laughs) so yeah Let's talk a little bit about your name on Instagram, Therapy for Millennials, because I personally think it's a cool name, Gen Z, same
2: things,
0: (laughs) Uh, like, because, like, we as millennials and Gen Zs Z's or anyone, it's kind of, I feel like on the backhand, everyone is kind of a little bit intimidated, intimidated with therapy as well. Because mm-hmm. it is a little bit complicated when it comes to you know things associated with finances. So like there is insurance, there is mm-hmm. coverage. How much it is covered? How much it is covered? And why is it covered only this much? And mm-hmm. and we shouldn't even be talking about healthcare
2: in US because. <laughs>
0: that sucks. So
2: podcast. <laughs>
0: <own> yeah. <laughs> so, so, so like, and that and then your like Instagram bio is like making therapy accessible. So I want to talk about that a little bit more.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So it's so funny because a year ago, like when I was starting my practice and everything and I started at first, I was like, I'm just going to be private pay, like insurance. I've heard horror stories of like them, like asking for money back and like just they insurance in America could just like do whatever it wants. Apparently. I feel like that's like the moral of the story. I do take insurance now and I do like, I, had to teach myself essentially like what is up with insurance and like, how do I use it? And how do I, you know, make sure the clients don't get any pushback? How do I make sure I don't get any pushback? And it was a very long process. And there's also like no resources out there. Like the insurance companies won't really like tell you this like magic formula that they create. It's just, it's very terrible. So I, um, I always offer to check people's out-of-network benefits, which I never knew what that was. I'm almost 30. I was in the workforce, like, working for agencies for years, and I just, like, picked whatever popular, you know, insurance plan everybody else picked. Like, I had no idea, like, what any of that stuff meant. So I always check people's out-of-network benefits, which basically means – they have to pay up front for therapy, but then their insurance will reimburse them either like a percentage or all of the sessions, but there is like a lag. So of course there comes a conversation of like, well, is this something you can still afford with kind of this like delay in payment? Cause you're not going to get payment for two or three weeks until after session. And that's being generous sometimes because insurance just kind of cuts it whenever they feel like it um and then you know there's co-pays and the co-pays were all kind of weird because of covid and like coverage was weird because of covid and it was changing all the time and i just really like try my best especially when people first reach out of like okay send me your insurance card and like let's just figure out like what nuances there are deductibles like you know, how much you have to spend before they'll even cover anything. And I try so hard to explain this to people. And I always explain in the email. I'm like, don't be afraid to ask me questions because it's just, it's very clustery. Like it just, there's no easy explanation for insurance. So I try really hard to help people understand. And I've like done a couple videos. I feel like I should do more on my Instagram because it's just a very like overwhelming thing and it's so crazy to me because you start a new job and you're like so overwhelmed with everything and like training and then they're like here here's a 80 page packet on insurance like pick whatever plan you think is best and it's like I don't know anybody who doesn't like call their parents in that moment and be like Oh, uh, what do I do like what does this all mean
1: I totally get that, that very recently because I just graduated and I wasn't covered by my university's insurance policy anymore so I had yeah. to go out there and actually shop around for oh my god! and it was so annoying I like called my dad I was like hey I'll you a couple of links just like go through it and let me know which is best and I'm just gonna go for that and this <laughs> one is like a borderline hypochondriac as well yeah, so-, oh, hypochondriac. No. so like <laughs> and my dad's a doctor that's like the biggest irony of the entire wow. <laughs> so yeah so he was like yeah okay no worries I'll just go through it and like ease your uh mental stress a little bit so- I was glad to have him at that moment, but I can't believe oh. what
2: you're trying to say. With the Thank inter- God for dads. Stuff, yeah. It, it is really, really complicated. Yeah. It is really complicated to be yeah. honest.
0: It is really complicated. So since we are yeah. on the topic of therapy and insurance and coverage and everything, and and COVID, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> COVID, how can you forget that? <laughs> uh, yes, of yeah. course. Uh, uh, I think recently one of the British... Um, Um, I don't know like some of the British ministers one of them said that we are in the middle of a mental health crisis and this Mm -hmm. no joke I said this to her in in March I'm like we are in the middle of the crisis everyone mental health crisis and um, like I don't know but like usually people like prior generation people and I'm not putting anyone down but people usually say that you're it is all it has all been easy for all of you and you don't have to go through wars you don't have to go through anything this that and everything and I'm like guess what uh, <laughs> we mm-hmm. are going through so much but I always tell them this that I personally have believed since a long period of time even before anyone said it I was like we are in the middle of a mental health crisis and mm-hmm. we have we have it tough. You don't know it, but just like you went to the university, you pay like $20. We have to pay like, I don't know how much more <laughs> money. So please explain
1: this to me. Are we in the middle of a mental health crisis? It's or worse in your head, right? Like, because sometimes people think that mental health is just whatever. It's just like a phase and you'll feel better soon enough. Just try mm. to be happy. But being trapped in your own head is like the worst thing ever because it's you who are telling yourself that you're a failure, you suck at life, mm-hmm. you're that. So I'm not trying to say that the wars weren't like hard, like definitely they were insanely hard, but like mm-hmm. even the struggles that people face day to day is just as I would say yes. prominent and need to be addressed yes
2: mm-hmm. are we in the middle of
1: a mental crisis are tell us on tell on us coming <laughs> from the professionals right write to you
0: everyone coming from the professionals from new york city i'm 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 your host pinky
2: oh. i hate to say it i feel like such a bad news bear but like yeah like for sure <laughs> And, you know, it doesn't help, like, what you guys are saying, like, it doesn't help that it gets, like, so poorly perpetuated, and, like, I don't want to draw conclusions, but sometimes the older generation just, like, doesn't, and, you know, it's almost like I feel bad that it is this way, because I feel like, you know, sometimes the older generation, like, wasn't nurtured, like, in a certain way as far as mental health goes, so that's kind of what's led to their, like, vast misunderstanding of, like, Things like, you know, anxiety and depression and PTSD and stuff like that. Like, it just, it feels like a very, like, taboo or, like, made-up subject to them. And, like, these are, like, millennial and Gen Z's, like, parents usually. So when our parents who, like... Are supposed to like know best and take care of us and things like that are totally dismissive of like these things that we're feeling it's like oh well maybe like you know I need to just let it go which you know how great is it to tell that to somebody who's like struggling with something like that and like nobody's immune to it and like that's really hard too like I I had a baby in July and I had like postpartum anxiety for the first few weeks just you know childbirth is very crazy um and I remember somebody in my family said like oh but you have it so good and you work from home like what is I don't understand like what could possibly be wrong and even as a therapist I was like oh like maybe like and I was like no 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 like it's okay that I'm like feeling this like this is fine and like it's going to get better and like it's it's okay to like have these feelings like we're human and like that's what we do we have feelings like it's part of the human experience yeah
0: definitely definitely so what is your day-to-day like like how did you handle burnout and quarantine as like a therapist um that's
2: you know well and like not so good like as well so yeah so I was pregnant during the pandemic Jesus (laughs) so it's funny congratulations (laughs) thank you I feel like I should get, like, a t-shirt for that or something. Um, yeah, so we came back from uh, Florida for, like, a weekend away for my birthday, and then the pandemic hit, like, four days later, and, of course, I was, like, oh, shit, did I just, like, infect my entire family because I took, like, a vacation, <laughs> you know? It was terrible. Um, we were fine, but, yeah, we were quarantined, obviously, for, I don't even know. I think it was, like, two or three months before my husband and I really, like, left the house. Like, we were doing, like, grocery pickups. Um I was working part-time at a substance abuse clinic at the time and my doctor pulled me out because of the pregnancy. So I, I my practice was part-time at that point, And I kind of like, not that I had no choice, but I felt like very compelled to be like, okay, like, let's just see if we can like make this work like full time. Like, and I was able, when I wasn't sleeping or anxiously pacing around my house or organizing my closets. <laughs> I was like putting everything into the practice which was like a very constructive um use of my energy at the time which was good and I feel very fortunate to have had that um my husband was able to work from home for a little bit but then he did have to go back to work um I think in like May I feel like all those months like blend together after a while (laughs) but yeah we made it through um And then, yeah, we had the baby and that was, like, a whole other, like, navigation. And it's so funny because even, like, doctors and pediatricians, like, nobody would give us guidance on, like, what to do as far as, like, people seeing the baby or, like, anything like that. Um, And even, like, the mental health piece, which I thought was so interesting, like, they make you fill out these, like, scales of, like you know, are you like sad? Are you anxious? Are you sleeping? Are you eating? Things like that. And mine clearly said this girl is anxious. Like this girl is like not doing super great. And they were just like, oh, are you in therapy? And I was like, yeah. And they're like, okay, cool. Like you can go. And I'm like, oh my gosh, what if this was somebody who like lied or like didn't want to like go to therapy. Like, is this like all they do for people that just had like a baby like extracted out of them and they're like sent home to take care of it? Like th- it was just, I'm tang- I'm tangenting now, but that was very <laughs> alarming back to American healthcare. <laughs> um, but yeah, quarantine, we made it through, we, we made it through.
0: Made it through, okay. That's that's the best all part. Matters. Made it through. That's all. That's all. Nothing else like 2020, you don't care. Made yeah, it everyone's through. Everyone's just trying to get to Made it thing. through. Okay. Yeah. Baseline. And uh, yeah, so uh <laughs> my next question is kind of around social media and mental health. Because mm. like you're like you are on social media, like you're on mm-hmm. Instagram, everyone in therapy with millennials. Please go check it out. Uh, yeah. <laughs> shameless plug. Thank uh, you. So, and like there are studies, right? There are studies which show that anxiety uh, anxiety level goes up in you're on social media. And I honestly mm-hmm. genuinely feel so sad for the Gen Alpha. Yeah, that is a generation mm. after Gen Zs. I guess. Yeah. So mm-hmm. again, Alpha is gonna is growing up with social media. So there's self esteem issues and there
1: are so many freaking issues. And it Starts young, I think. Like for obviously because they're growing up with technology yeah. to this extent, they're gonna grow up with like self esteem issues and know, body dysmorphia, right? and things oh like that. Oh my god! Just yeah. really, like, it's really horrible and. Yeah, so continue. (laughs) You you are, you are,
0: you have a baby now. Yeah. (laughs) Of of course, think about that. I think about that even though I'm nowhere (laughs) close to having a baby. (laughs) I am worried about like, I'm worried about like the younger generation because like, I see like a lot of my cousins and my, you know, like Mm -hmm. relatives and stuff and parents usually they don't know what to do because Mm -hmm. it all comes down to like, kind of like giving that privacy and like freedom to children as well because children have rights and sometimes like parents don't know what to do like they're so confused and and it's parenting parenting is tough okay for everyone who's saying like oh it's so easy to become parents it's not okay (laughs) so it is tough it's really Mm -hmm. tough and when you think about like a child it's like oh i always think it like that like this is a human being who you are gonna be responsible for the rest of your life and I am like, I don't want that responsibility. I cannot take care of myself here. What are you talking about? I need hundred people to take care of me. So, no, 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 just kidding. But that is the reality. What, like, how is social media going to affect our children? Our children. Oh my god.
2: Our children'
1: to <laughs> The children'
2: future. Yes.
1: <laughs> children of us and. And how often do you think? I mean, how early do you think they should start with therapy if?
2: I mean, they are exposed to that yeah, level of social
0: yeah. media and inter the interweb,
1: interweb
2: <laughs> the dark dark levels of interweb
1: yeah
2: <laughs> so dark oh my gosh um so never too early for therapy i guess i'll start there um yes. i dabbled in play therapy which is for kids which god bless play therapists out there because i could just never work with kids at that level is that what you're doing yeah, I do that. Oh my gosh, you're a saint. I was like almost in tears in my play therapy class, like watching these case studies, and I'm just like these poor kids. This is so sad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so never too early, as you know, for therapy. Um, you know, there's different like modalities of therapy for every age that works so well. So yeah, never hesitate to put your kids in therapy, um, but also don't force it. Like it's so funny how when I do intakes with people and I say like, Oh, do you have a history of therapy? And they'll say like, Oh, you know, my parents got divorced when I was young and like shoved me with like this terrible therapist who I just like sat with and like going back to like our, our kids can make choices. And like, I think we forget that sometimes like work with your kids and finding a therapist. And like, if they say they hate it, like find somebody else, you know, like there's nothing wrong with that. Um, social media. Did you guys watch the social dilemma? Yes. Yeah. Okay. I
0: bought it on one of the podcast episodes.
2: <laughs> yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did listen to that one. So I think it's so funny how all the creators of like every social media entity out there do not let their kids have phones. And I always try to remember that, and I'm like, man, they know more than anybody does, and they might be onto something here. Like, why are they not even letting their kids have phones? Like, it feels very, like, aggressive, but I think there's some truth to that, and I remember even growing up, um, you know, we, I don't, I, I grew up in, like, the MySpace era, Um, and I can't even remember, I don't even think we had like MySpace on our phones at that point. We still just had like texting and calling mostly, but I remember my parents took my phone at like seven or eight o'clock every night. And they were like, nothing good happens after seven or eight o'clock, like socially. And like, now as an adult, I'm like, damn, like they were right. Like nothing good. Like there's no reason in my, my opinion, parents do, you know, what works best for them. I will probably fall in my parents' trap of like nothing good happens after a certain time, and, like, there is a level of, you know, like, involvement and monitoring that I think just will keep the kids safe, because, like, there's just so, there's so much out there that's, like, out there to, like, harm the kids, which is, like, terrible, and, like, It's just such a hard balance, I think, for parents to have when you know the kids are so persistent, like, well, everybody else uses it. Well, everybody else is on TikTok. How come I can't have a TikTok? You know? And that puts parents in a really hard situation because nobody wants to be like hated by their kids and nobody wants their kid to, you know, feel left out and all of these things. But like, where is that balance of your kid's not left out, but they're also not putting themselves in a vulnerable situation for people to, you know, shame on their body and shame on, you know, their dancing or whatever it is that they're doing on social media. And I think just, like, continuing the conversation, like, not being afraid to, like, watch something like The Social Dilemma with the kids, like, at an appropriate age, and I think there was another documentary a couple years ago about, like, social media, and particularly, like, adolescent girls, and, like, don't be afraid to watch that with your kids and be, like, does this happen to your friends? Like, does this happen to you? Like, have you ever, you know, like, had these, like, thoughts about other people on social media, and, like, how do we become that person who's not judging other people and like just kind of like make this like a better environment for everyone you know so it's a very like multifaceted issue and like there's just a lot of like moving parts to it.
0: Yeah def- def- definitely for sure because like I remember like I I did not have a phone until I was mm-hmm. in 12th grade and yeah and i did not have social media until i went to university and we wow. had a social media profile for her
1: so, so i did we were not like have, you need
0: to be on instagram <laughs> i did not have any social media no nothing whatsoever. Uh, and i and i did struggle with social anxiety i don't struggle like i don't i have never struggled with social anxiety in my entire life of up until I started using social media. And uh, like you can put me in front of thousands of millions of people and I can talk about anything and everything. You don't even have to tell me the topic beforehand. I'll go, uh, humble brag, I'll just go and talk (laughs) crap, yeah, I'll talk crap about anything you would like me to talk about, but as soon as, like, I got on there, and then, uh, along with other things, I think that was one of the triggers for, like, being, I got socially anxious to the point of, like, I, whenever I'm talking to someone, for example, if I'm talking to you right now, I'm not thinking what you're thinking about me, okay, but when I became like socially anxious for like, and it happened for one and a half years completely. This yeah. was my constant thought whenever I talked to someone. I was like, what are they talking about? Like, uh, are they thinking about me? Are they judging me? What am I talking? Why am I talking like this, this, that and everything else. And I got to the point where I just didn't want to go out. And I just didn't want to like, you know, be in front of people. That was my level. And then after that, oh, my God. And then, like, after I joined, like, you know, like, I went to a therapist and all of that stuff. And then, like, it changed so much. So I feel like social media is somewhere a trigger for that because I did not have
2: that before that. So maybe social media. Before- yeah. It's crazy. It was, like, dampening, like, things that, like, made you, like, like such a good character trait of yours, you know, like it was able to like dampen that and almost like make you question like all of these things that you were like actually like really amazing at. It's so terrible. Social media.
0: Oh, I, I know, right? So one of the, uh, one of the other things which, uh, which we talk about, or which I talk about and, uh, oh, I'm doing my psych honors with thesis. So in Canada, you have to do your oh. the thesis in your undergrad. Uh, and god bless you yes yeah <laughs> i know right so yeah i one of the like i i'm doing my thesis on culture empathy self-esteem and what else is it? emotion <laughs> regulation so that's like yeah that's kind of like my variables <laughs> so variables. yeah and like, i'm doing my research also because like people who don't know you have to do a lot of background research in order mm-hmm. to even decide a topic okay so like for your thesis. So when I was doing a lot of background research, I just found that there's a lot of lack in research and there's a lot of limitation when it comes to culture and even, oh, one of the other variables is acculturation. So um, when it comes to therapy, I've seen like a lot of my friends who are people of color, like, you know, just like people who have cultures and like not white in code. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. They, are always, they always like prefer going to a multicultural therapist or like prefer going to a therapist who has some kind of cultural knowledge because mm-hmm. there are certain things which are accepted, considered accepted in certain cultures. And there are other things which are not considered accepted. For example, in Indian culture, uh, it, is, it is kind of like your parents don't express love majority for a majority, they don't express love as in a Caucasian uh, a culture, or like a, a Caucasian household, right? So, and um, and some, like, ooh, some of the therapists, like, just don't take into that into consideration sometimes. And people, like, don't want to explain their context all the time. I mean, I understand it is super difficult to know about all of the cultures, and you don't, yeah, like, it is super, like, you know, not good to expect your therapist to know about all the cultures but Mm -hmm. where do you think is culture in therapy and like do you think like it's lacking or do you think it's like getting there it's like it's already there
2: yeah um you know I think it's I'd like to think it's like getting there um I'm part of like a few like therapist like referral networks within like the northeast um and when people are seeking for a therapist who's like Sometimes I read the stuff and I'm like, wow, that is like a very specific kind of therapist, you know, like a certain culture, a certain religion, like a certain background, a certain specialty, certain age group. And I'm like, man, like what a unicorn, you know? And they're out there. Like people are like, oh, yeah, like I fit all of those. And even like accepting a certain insurance on top of it. And I'm like, man, like what? First of all, power of the internet, like, gotta love it. And Yeah, I think that, you know, luckily the therapists are, um, becoming like a very diversified, um, you know, occupation, the male therapists are still lacking, which is too bad. I think we're getting there. Um, I think there's definitely like a few more in the field than, you know, there was um, because some people, you know, I think a lot of men do prefer male therapists, at least from my experience. Um, So yes, I do think we're getting there. And I also think um, it's just like good practice for a therapist. Like, you know, those consultations with people are so key. And to just say like, hey, here's what I know about like your culture or your religion or, you know, whatever it may be. And if you prefer somebody who knows more, like let's find that person. And like, if you are okay working with me because of my specialty or financial reasons or scheduling reasons and things like that like let's just create this like open environment to where like you can tell me like whatever it is you need to tell me about this background without putting in like you know a ton of emotional labor into it but just being open to like understanding that culture and like really understanding like how it is impacting whatever it is they're currently going through so I guess it's like a good it's a good like weighted balance there
0: Okay. Okay. Hopefully, yeah. Because, yeah. Yeah. Because people, are, like, people are scared about it. Also, yeah. people are scared about everything these days. But, mm-hmm. hot take: people are scared about everything these days. Yes. <laughs> so, um, and then like speaking on that only, like, what are the like some of the common myths about therapy and mental health? I mean, we all know there are so many myths and stigmas and all that stuff, and you know, they're there, but like. According to you, like from a professional reporting life, uh, <laughs> what what are the common myths about therapy and mental health?
2: Um. So I think like the first that comes to mind is that like therapists are not advice givers. And I think, um, you know, there are life coaches now, which more fall on like that advice giving kind of track. And I think some people come into therapy and they're like, please just tell me what to do. Like you're a professional, tell me what to do. And it's like, well, what I would do in that situation, it might not be what's going to benefit you in that situation. So Therapy is really about like having the space and having kind of like the sounding board of the therapist to kind of like get to those answers yourself. And that sounds very like hippy-dippy and like people are like, ugh, sounds like a lot of work. I don't want to have to go through all that. Tell me what to do. But that's kind of like the reality of therapy is like the therapist is really just there you know, very highly trained to make sure that you are making the best choices for yourself that like you could live with and that you feel confident in as well as like overcoming past stuff that, you know, is making this so difficult. So that's kind of like the first one. We're not advice givers, <laughs> nor do we want to be because yeah, you know, everyone's perceptions of those things are different. Um, I always think of like, you know, therapy, even in person, whenever in-person therapy resumes, it's not like the client laying on the couch with like this old therapist who's like just judging the shit out of them. It's just, that's not what therapy is anymore. Like, um, and there's a couple other like, uh, millennial style therapists that I follow on Instagram and I don't want to like sound cliche but like we're making therapy cool but like it's you know it's supposed to be like a safe and warming environment and like I think that's what we're really striving for now um, in this era of therapy it's not as like stuffy or like judgmental of an environment as I think people make it out to be like therapists aren't there to, like, diagnose you, they're not out there to, like, you know, just charge up your insurance, things like that, like, it's very, it's a very, like, well-intentioned profession. Yeah,
0: definitely, for sure, like, they're not, like, they're there for you, for example, Mm -hmm. and then you, they're not there judging you or accessing you to the point of, like, where you are, like, open up or stuff, it is, and also, I think, like, one of the things that people don't realize is that finding a therapist is as same as finding a physician, quote-unquote, like, a physical health doctor. So you mm-hmm. cannot expect your first therapist to be your therapist. So. Exactly. Yeah right. So you have to find your match. Like the, the like, and uh, when you are like training to become a therapist or anything like that, the one of the or a counselor or a mental health professional, anything social worker, etc. The one of the things which like is like stressed upon so much is building that repo with your clients, mm-hmm. match patients, whatever you wanna call them. Um, it's like building that repo, and then if you if you just don't feel that repo, for example for me when i went to the first therapist i ever went in my life when i was like 19 years old Mm -hmm. um uh, so so the way he was like the way he was just there i was not feeling it and i was just not feeling the bond with the therapist right and then Mm -hmm. uh, that's how the tree like therapy in our like university the first time we go to our like uh student counseling center is they will have like a, a 30 minute you know appointment with a certain therapist and then after that when we come out of it we have to fill out a survey or something like that and then uh they will in that survey we can tell like we don't even have to tell anyone we just have to like do it on a paper so if you're like intimidated like that that is cool too so Mm -hmm. you can just write it down that i did not feel comfortable or like anything like that and they will like hook you up with the next therapist or like some other therapist and then if you are comfortable with a male therapist there is a male therapist if you're comfortable with a female therapist there is a female therapist so that is what like it takes time and and I would I was I would say like why not it should take time because working on yourself why not why not work on yourself if you don't work on yourself why are you even working for anything that Mm -hmm. okay so yeah that's what I'm saying like it takes time to find your therapist but when you do it's a good 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 time
2: yeah, for sure. And in the same tune of that, can we talk about breaking up with your therapist? Yeah, yeah, we I mean, sure. Definitely. People, I hear from people so often that are like, how do I tell my therapist that it's just not working out? And therapists get ghosted probably more than people in the dating world sometimes. Like it's crazy. And I just, I don't want to be like a speaker of therapists, but like therapists don't take it personally when like, it's not a good fit. Like we want you that's like a therapy high five if you're able to like set that boundary and be like this just isn't working for me and like I need to find something that does and like can you help me or do you have any like referrals or things like that like you know speaking just for myself I love to see it like I love when people are like I can tell this is not going to be beneficial and like I need to like make the most of this and like I personally will do my best to, like, find somebody that will help that person in that way, but, like, it's okay to break up with your therapist, like, <laughs> it's, it's totally okay, like, do it by email, do it by phone, like, however you feel comfortable doing it, just, you know, have that confidence to do it.
0: Yeah, we don't how to help you, like, this that is also one of the things which is, which is like, taught in therapy, because, I usually like uh, people who don't go to the therapist or like, people who are like avoiding the therapist or something like that that is one of the things which they teach you in training at least like that is one of the things which my, one of my professors actually told me because uh, he was like it is not always that personal people have mm-hmm. a life outside of therapy so mm-hmm. uh, the reason they're not coming to a therapist or like the reason they're not like you know like coming to you or stuff like that it is not personal maybe it is not mm-hmm feel like it maybe there are financial problems maybe there's so much going on in a person's life and yeah. never personal so please break up with a the therapist if you want
2: <laughs> yeah. yes
1: yes
0: for people, amen
1: for the very small amount of people who are listening to this podcast when it comes out and who are considering breaking up with their therapist what would you say is like the right script from a therapist point of view like what would you like to hear if like someone was breaking up with you
2: Yeah so I of course would like I think just like the human part of me wants to know why But also if they don't feel comfortable saying why, like that's also understandable, but you know, if it's because of like fit, if it's because of scheduling, um, the one why that I would really want to know is if it's for financial reasons, because you know, every practice is structured differently, but like, I do have the flexibility to offer people a lower rate, especially if it's like temporary with everything going on in the world. So that's like the one why that like, if that's why, like, please talk to your therapist about it because, Therapist can be like a little savvy in that area and can like find ways to help um but you know if they don't feel comfortable saying like this just isn't working you're not a good fit like just say you're discontinuing services um but yeah as a therapist I definitely want to know why like is it me is this something I can improve upon is it just you know life scheduling things like that definitely
0: for sure and, uh, and like online therapy, you do online therapy, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, I mean, now everything is online, but online therapy yeah. has its own stigmas and has its own advantages and disadvantages when it comes to not only this, the research, but also people in general, because people usually don't necessarily, at least like, I don't know, like a lot of people don't feel that comfortable, you know, going into Ooh. online therapy and there might be a lot of reasons. But let's talk about
2: online
1: therapy
2: a little bit. Yeah. Love online therapy. So funny thing, when I was starting my practice a year ago, I had so many people that were like, online therapy is not real therapy. Like, I can't believe you're going to like create a business out of this. Like nobody's going to come to you. A year later, the entire world is online and people are coming to me that are like, hey, how do I set up an online therapy practice? (laughs) So like it is, it is such like a wonderful thing. And so before I had this practice, I was working um, for the government, working for the VA, working with veterans and such. And the VA is like a forerunner in um, research for online therapy, and they've been using telemedicine I think since like two thousand, like one or two. Like they have been using telemedicine a long time, and they've been researching it a long time. And you know their big thing was that it provides services to people who live in rural areas and who have transportation difficulties and things like that. And I think that was their main intent of using it. I think obviously the intention like changes over time. Um, But you know, now with teletherapy, like it's just, it is just a miracle worker. So I, I live in upstate, but a lot of my clients I see are in New York City. And what I've heard from them um, is just like, it's so hard to get to a therapist. I mean, sessions are usually like 50 to 60 minutes, but then there's like, you know, sometimes up to like an hour of transportation there and back there's, you know, fees for transportation there and back there's, you know, waiting time. There's like all of these things that go into it. And if we can like cut out those couple hours and those extra expenses, like that's like, we're just like trying to break down as many barriers. And, you know, I offer like some late night appointments. I think a lot of therapists offer late night appointments for like after parents put their kids to bed, like they're able to be in the home and not have to spend money on childcare and can like do their therapy there and that's like another huge barrier like especially with COVID like childcare is like so scarce right now and so people are still able to like have their services and not have that interrupted by like life that comes up like we're really able to like be flexible around those things I just love I could talk about online therapy all day I love it it's so great (laughs)
0: definitely yeah definitely and currently especially right now everything is online so just Mm -hmm. like Go to therapist,
1: that's what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> it's Like the the final thing we can say. Just go to a therapist. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Yes.
0: And like just the last last question, of course. In order to like generally care for your mental well being, or would you say to some someone who's like trying to practice that or like people what should people do in order to practice like mental well being on a regular day to day basis?
2: Yeah. Um, so first and foremost, I think routines are key. Um, like getting into some kind of routine to like signal to your body, like what is going on. So, like waking up in the morning, like, does that look like making your bed, doing your skincare, like having your coffee first thing? Like, whatever that looks like, like, keep it consistent. Um, another thing I've been talking to people a lot about is like quarterly or yearly or monthly, like, whatever that looks like to list out things that are important to you. Cause I think that. Especially with everything going online, it feels like since a lot of people's jobs went online, like the demand is almost higher because everyone knows that everyone's pretty much available all the time now. Like, what are we really doing? Um, So to like really nail down like, okay, what things are important to me that like I want to make sure I'm doing every day, every week, whatever it may be. And usually these things are things that don't offer like an immediate return. So like, for example, something on my list is like, I like to just like sit in my rocking chair, like with my baby for like 30 minutes or 60 minutes a day because the day just goes by so quick. And like, that's something that like in the moment it doesn't offer a financial return. It doesn't like, I'm not getting stuff around the house done. I'm not getting work done. I'm not doing marketing. I'm not doing all of these things. But, like, at the end of, like, the year, like, that's something that's really important to me, and that's something I want to make sure that I'm doing every day. So by listing out, like, these two, three, four, five things that are, like, okay, these are actually, like, what's important to me in life, and then to let yourself do that without, like, the guilt attached or, like, strings attached or things like that, and it's just, like, a very nice, like, mental check as we, like, go day by day to make sure that, like, we're not losing ourselves in, like, this crazy, like, demanding world that we now live in
1: yeah definitely Mm -hmm. so that's all the questions before we go off before we sign off other than of course um are there any like accounts on instagram or like any resources that you um would vouch for that people can actually go and you know follow or you know have really good content good for the mental health (laughs) yeah you have any accounts that you follow religiously
2: oh my gosh there's so many um so there's also another therapist who does something very similar to me, and her handle I believe is the Millennial Therapist. Um, one of my colleagues, um, she is at the Practice of Peace. Um, she does, she's like an avid reader, and just like the synopses that she shares about like the book she's reading, I love watching her videos. Those are great. Um Oh, what other ones? NAMI. So in the U.S. Um, N-A-M-I. Yeah, the different areas. And you can find like the one for like whatever state people live in. Um, they always have really great content, especially in times like this. Like they're very resource-based, which I think is like very helpful in times like these to have those kind of pop up on your feed when needed. Yeah. Um, yeah, I would say, I'm sure I'll remember a bunch more after we sign off, but those are kind of like the main favorites that come to mind. On
1: our website or something. <laughs>
2: yeah. If you remember anything more, you can say Yeah, that. for sure yeah
1: definitely <laughs> thank you so much yeah
0: thank you so much that's all the questions and that's all the things i have right now thank you yeah. so much for doing this with us and oh my gosh thank you for having me this was fun yeah definitely <laughs> and uh, check her ha- check her out her instagram handle is therapy with millennials and uh, um th- th- i'm gonna be really shallow the first time i like saw your thing was and then I saw like you're offering free, free planner okay so, yeah <laughs> yes 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 I,
1: saw
0: that. So I was like oh I want a free planner and then I clicked on it and then I like saw all the other things and yeah. stuff like that so yeah it's really cool what you're doing and how you are doing thank it for her. and just just do you keep doing you oh
1: and, thank okay, you guys
0: so, definitely go follow her on Instagram and Oh, where can they find you if they want to look up, like, your services or your yeah. counseling services?
2: Yeah. Yeah, so they can find me at um, www.convenientcounselingservices.com um, or on Facebook uh, at Convenient Counseling Services.
0: Okay. okay, convenient. It's easy, it's convenient, it's accessible. Cool. <laughs> Love it. I give you a tagline. How the
1: her